Welcome everyone to the first ever episode of Lace Em Up Sports Talk. I'm your host, Josh Frazier, and today to kick off the first show ever, I'm joined by the ever-talented Alex Myers. College football is unfortunately coming to an end here shortly, and while it's the worst time of year as a fan, it is also the best time of the season if your team is in the CFP. This year we have a CFP that is stacked with some absolute heavy hitters, including undefeated Michigan at one, undefeated Washington at two, 12 and one Texas at three, followed up by Alabama, who's 12 and one at number four. However, that doesn't come without some controversy as for the first time since the four team CFP has been implemented, an undefeated team was left out this year of the top four in lieu of two one loss teams. With that being said, Alex, did the committee get this one right? Uh, I'm going to be kind of a politician about my answer, and I'm going to say they did or they didn't. To me, it depends on what your definition of right is. If your definition of right is the four best teams as currently constructed, I think they probably got it right, Uh, theoretically. I don't think they got it right. I think if if your definition is the foremost deserving teams, I think FSU deserves to be in there. Uh, football is the ultimate team sport. You played basketball, you played football, you played soccer. It, it doesn't matter. Whatever sport you've played, to me, there is no greater team sport than football, right? You can have Peyton Manning in the backfield, but if the left tackle doesn't block, Peyton Manning's no good. Earl Campbell in the backfield, but if the wide receiver doesn't block the guy coming off the it, it, And for such a team sport, for this decision to be predicated off of one player missing, and it would almost be different to me, Josh, if if the quarterback gets hurt in the conference championship game, well, they haven't proved they can win without him. This is a team that won their conference championship game without the quarterback. And yeah, they didn't put up good offensive numbers. It It was horrendous, actually. But how did they win? This is a Florida State team that, while, yes, Jordan Travis has put up good numbers, this team has been dominant defensively. They've got so much talent on that side of the ball. And to me, that side of the ball showed that they could step their game up to pick up the offense when it wasn't playing as well. And to me, I just don't see how you can look at those players or or at teams in the future with a straight face and say, what you do in the regular season matters. Because if that's your argument, it didn't matter. The only other thing I'll say to this, I know I'm getting a little, a little long-winded here. If, if your argument against them, you know, if, if you say the college football playoff got it right, they got the four best teams in there. If you want to say that that's their job, then I'm cool with that, except the fact that there's no way you're telling me that Georgia, you can look at me a straight face and say Georgia's not one of the four best teams. Now, do I think they should be in? No, because they lost their last opportunity. But if that's your argument, the four best teams, you can't tell me a team that's won almost 30 straight games, won the last two national titles, and was a heavy favorite to do that again this year until they narrowly lost to a team that's now in the playoffs. You can't tell me that you pick the four best teams if Georgia's not in that four. Well, and while I I see your, I absolutely 100% see your point um, as far as Florida State maybe being the more deserving team. They're undefeated. It's a, up until now, if you're undefeated, like you were a lock 
to be in the top four. Um, however, after doing a little research, I did, this is, in my opinion, where the strength of schedule comes in. If you look at their combined opponent's strength of schedule before the championship games, it's 67 and 76. And to me, that stands out as big fish, little pond. While it is a Power 5 conference, it's the ACC, they did win their championship. If your combined opponent's records is 67 and 76, and you're that talented as an FSU team, I feel like you should go undefeated. You're not doing anything extraordinary when you're playing mostly losing teams. When you're that talented and you're playing teams with losing records, I feel like you should go undefeated. But also, they also struggled against a two-loss team in their conference championship. And I know they have their third-string quarterback in there, but almost that entire game, their opponent was in that game, and they almost could have won that championship from Florida State. They struggled against other teams that weren't as great. And then when you look at Alabama's records, you look at Texas opponents, they're winning records for their opponents. In fact, Texas had arguably, it was the first, the, the best win of the season. I'm going to say it's number two now behind Alabama taking over Georgia from the number one spot. But all four of those teams that are in the top four, their opponents had winning records. And they came out with one loss or undefeated. Is FSU more deserving? Probably. But looking at the eye test, I don't believe Florida State could beat a Georgia. I don't think they could beat an Alabama, a Texas, a Washington, definitely not a Michigan who's undefeated and been blowing opponents out all season long. So deserving, I, I think that's what they've been doing in the CFP all these years. Look at TCU, most deserving. They had one loss, but they were definitely deserving to be in the CFP and they got blown out of the water. So it could also be they've been doing the most deserving teams all the way up until now. And then now they're like, maybe we should put the best four teams, not the most deserving. And they're doing it right this time. But since they've already set the bar as the most deserving the last nine years, it seems like FSU kind of got screwed in my opinion. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is right. You're you're moving the goalposts, and 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 the problem is the goalposts have never been cl very clearly defined because one week this is the standard. Uh, I'll take Tennessee last year, right? Uh, Tennessee and Alabama. I think both had two losses at the end of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, there was one point late in the season where they had the same amount of losses, and Tennessee they they argued and argued and argued head to head. Head-to-head -head matters. Head-to-head, -head, what you do on the field against another potential playoff team, that matters. And then the final college football playoff rankings came out, and Alabama was ahead of Tennessee when they had the same amount of losses, and Alabama was you – know, so the problem is what is, what is what is their definition, right? And, and I think that's one of the – there's a it, – it's incredibly frustrating. However, there's a little bit of beauty in it because one of the arguments I've heard that people that don't like the playoffs give is – I miss the days in the BCS when you could go and argue about it. You could have a, a Oklahoma fan and a Florida fan and, and both of them, you know, like, like Auburn with Cadillac Williams that year that I personally, and I think a lot of other people, especially around the South thought 
this team deserves a shot at the national championship, but they didn't get in. And you could argue, hey, this was the best team. We, we, we were the champions that year. And there was a little bit of a beauty in that because that's one thing that you can't get in the NFL because there's a clear defined winner. And I think that we want that. We crave that defined winner. But there is a little something to be said about, hey, let's be able to talk in the barbershop. Let's have a sports argument. Uh, and I'll go back to one more thing before I wrap that up is, is I, I agree with you that Florida State's schedule wasn't what some of these other teams are, even in the top 10. Like their, their schedule was not very tough. That being said, they can't, they can't help their own conference. North Carolina was supposed to be very good. Miami was supposed to be better than they were. Florida is usually a pretty darn good team. They scheduled them. They can't help that Florida, and they also scheduled LSU. Now, LSU didn't make the playoffs, and at the time of that game, it was kind of widely thought LSU was going to be a playoff contender. They weren't quite that. But they did schedule those teams out of conference, and typically those would be two top 25 matchups. So it, it, Florida State can't help that those other teams didn't hold up their end of the bargain. And if you go and look at Michigan's record, outside of Ohio State, you look at like the first six weeks of their, their schedule, you know, I'm not a comedian, but that's a joke, right? Right. So I just don't – and this is where it gets so, so niche, right, is, is there's all these little sub-arguments you have and we could talk about we could make this podcast 30 minutes long just talking about that but i know you got other stuff to talk about yeah no definitely i mean it's it's always been in my opinion doomed for this to happen at some point when you've got five power conferences and you've got four spots when you have not enough spots for all the power five conferences someone's going to be left out someone is going to be upset and one of the things I want to bring up before I wrap up on this, I watched these players when teams were announced. And the big thing, when they went to Michigan and they saw who number four was going to be, who they were going to play first. And it wasn't like Washington. It wasn't like Texas. You know, they cheered. They were excited. Texas gets another shot at Washington and they're going to have their full team this year. No, Michigan went, oh, we're playing Alabama. I don't think I they had the same reaction if FSU with their second or third string quarterback. I definitely don't think Michigan, the players, would have been that disappointed. They were disappointed in playing Alabama because they know Alabama, they can – they can – they can whoop it on and they could beat Michigan and they're realizing their season could be in jeopardy because it's Nick Saban. So that to me also tells me, I think they got it right. I feel bad for FSU, but I think the four best teams are in there. Stay tuned as Alex Myers and I will go over the games for the college football playoffs, our previews and predictions for who's going to be in the national championship.
So coming up in the new year, we'll see all four teams play for a shot at a national championship. Alabama versus Michigan and Texas versus Washington. Who do you have winning those two games, Alex, and going on to the national championship this year? Well, I don't know that you're going to like my first answer. Texas-Washington, to me, this is more of a, a game that I just don't really have a strong feeling about. And I know that that's uh, it's not why you bring guests on podcasts is to not have an opinion. So I'll take one. But I'm not real confident in this. I, I'm going to say Washington. I just like what Penix has been able to do all year. Um, I, I think I, – I don't know. I, I think this one could be a very high-scoring game. you got two great offenses – uh, we all know Steve Sarkeesian, what he can do. Quinn Ewers has been great all year long. Um, I think having a, basically a full month, right, to prepare for this game, uh, I, I would not want to be on one of those defensive coaching staffs. That's all I'll say. I'm going to lean Washington on this, uh, but it, it's not even like a leaning tower of pizza lead. Like it's like a it's like a shoulder shrug, right? Like I, this way, maybe, maybe to Washington. Uh, I'll be really intrigued on that one. To me, the one, the one I have a little bit stronger feeling about, and to me, I still think this could go either way. So that tells you how close I think these matchups could be. I think Michigan and Alabama is very interesting because Michigan, their team, they have some good pieces on offense. We know that. But to me, their defense is, is the big thing that stands out. And when you think Nick Saban and Alabama, over the years, you think defense uh, and running game. But this year, uh, I think Michigan of those two teams – I think they have the better team. I truly do. I'm not sure how close that is. However, the Alabama offense really the last few weeks of the season and what they were able to do to a really talented, experienced Georgia uh, defense, that sort of shifted the way I saw Alabama. They had been playing well, but I thought, could Jalen Milrow, could he duplicate what he had been doing on a big stage against a big-time opponent in defense? And he did. With a month to prepare... I think if Jalen Milrow, and it's a big if, but if if he can play to the level he was late in the season, I'm not sure Michigan has the offense to keep up. Now, Texas, Washington, I think they could. I don't have that same confidence in Michigan's offense. If Michigan can drag Alabama into a muddy game, make it sloppy, uh, take long possessions and keep this score lower, I like Michigan. But I'm just not sure I th- if Michigan's offense can keep up if Jalen Milrow is playing at the level he was playing late in the season. So I would, I would, I would lean Bama in, in that matchup. Well, I mean, you're not really alone. Michigan, I believe is just a two point favorite over Alabama. And I think that goes back to the the precedent that it's Nick Saban, it's Alabama, it's postseason time. I've heard for years if you're going to beat Alabama, it's going to be early in the season when they're first getting rolling first one, two weeks, catch them a little bit off guard, especially when they've got a new quarterback that's just starting for the first year in Jalen. Hello, Texas. What's that? Hello, Tech. Texas says hello. Oh, yeah, yeah. Week two. That's right. Texas. Uh, they totally took that advice. So um, I do think it's going to be a close one. I'm putting my, uh, if I was a betting man, which I can be from time to time, probably Alabama, Nick Saban in the postseason, not by much, by one score, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown, I'm not sure. But I think Alabama can pull this off just because, one, their confidence is 
has been boosted by that Georgia win, taking the SEC championship. And I mentioned earlier, Michigan seeming downtrodden when they had to play, when they saw Alabama. I think they're a little worried, and I feel like they could psych themselves out a little bit going into that game, and you really don't really want to do that against Nick Saban and Alabama because they can take full advantage of it. They can, but I'll say this. Michigan, this is not your typical, hey, team gets in and they're facing, you know, big, big, bad Alabama, right? Alabama's shown weaknesses. So Michigan's going to see that on tape. And Michigan also has a, a thing going for them that in any sport I think is incredibly, incredibly powerful. And that is a true us-against-the-world mentality. Even right now, we're having this discussion. You're talking about the line being low. For a 1-4 matchup, Michigan, you could probably make the argument, they're getting disrespected, right? For what they've done, they haven't lost, and they're thinking, you know, oh, here comes Big Bad Bama. Well, Michigan's now, they're an experienced team when it comes to the college football playoff. They were in it last year. Um, you know, they've, they've been here before. So this is not your typical team having to pace Bama going, oh, they, they've been here, they know what it's like, we don't. I think Michigan will be, uh, from a mentality standpoint, I think they'll be just fine. You also have to remember that Jim Harbaugh is coming back. Um, with his absence late in the year, um, I, I think he's going to be inspired. He's going to be impassioned. And they're going to have a full month to to focus on one opponent. We talk a lot about Nick Saban, deservedly so. He's he's arguably the best college coach in, 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 football, in college football history. But Jim Harbaugh as folks would say where I'm from, he ain't no slouch, right? Jim Harbaugh is a very good coach, and and they've got motivation uh, as much – not that you don't have motivation playing the playoff, but I think uh, – and me as someone who who loves dark humor and loves a little bit of chaos with my sports, I think there would be – it really would be something to see a team that basically nobody in the country wants to see win cut down the nets, if you will. And Michigan's got an opportunity to do that. So I, I think that they'll be just fine mentality-wise. Well, it'll be it'll definitely be an interesting one. Uh, I'm still picking Alabama by a one-score game. The line is two points for Michigan. At that point, a shift in the wind could change that that uh, to a two-point favorite for Alabama. And remember, Alabama's got their all-time leading scorer is their, is their field goal kicker. So if it is a one-possession game, um, you know, admittedly, I'm not an expert on Michigan's uh, special teams, but I will say Alabama's got a very consistent, very good, very experienced kicker. Um, you know, Josh, I'll say this. We talked early in the show about did the committee get it right? Did they not? I'll just say this. This, I think, may be the first year that I can ever go into a playoff and think any of the four teams could win the championship. Now, I may bet Alabama, Washington, Tech, somebody may get totally blown out of the water and look like they don't even belong. But going into the games, I truly would not be surprised if Texas came out of that matchup because of their offense. Washington, if they came out of that because of their offense, Michigan and Alabama, they're good teams, but I think they have some weaknesses. I could see either side of this bracket coming out on top. And I think that that's, that's a special thing. Because even going forward, as we got, get into 12 teams, if they expand it beyond that at some point, there's going to be teams every year where you look and go, yeah, they be in it, but they're not winning it. Like, let's get real. This is maybe the only year in the playoffs that I can ever remember looking back and going, 
any of these teams could actually win it and I wouldn't be surprised. Right. Yeah. No, all these teams are are definitely they, they got it right when they picked the best four teams because anybody could win. Um, as far as as far as my predictions for Washington and Texas, the the thing that's gonna set me, I'm I'm gonna go a little bit opposite of you. Um, that's and the reason I'm setting that up isn't because of the offenses, it's because Texas is defense. Texas is holding teams to an average points per game of 17. So you've got a high scoring offense in Washington. Texas has that too. They can score at any time. They've got Xavier Worthy. They've got Cedric Baxter in the backfield now. Um, Jadon Blue. They've got Adonai Mitchell, Jatavian Sanders. They've got all kinds of weapons. But the difference maker is going to be if Texas's defense shows up against Washington. It's a stout defense. You've got Tavondre Sweat up there in the middle. It's going to be hard to run. If Texas's defense shows up, I think Texas wins it. If they don't show up, it's going to go to whoever has the last possession in the game. So uh, I really can't even make a pick on that one. And and I'm a Texas fan. So for me to not even be able to make an act, a, a legitimate pick, I mean, I'm going to roll with Texas just, just for Texas' sake. But it really, like you said, it could go either way. That could, if Texas's defense doesn't show up, Washington could take it. Now I know Washington has all the confidence in the world because they beat them in the Alamo Bowl last year, and you know everyone's bringing that up again. But at the same time, last year they didn't have any of their starting running backs playing. Um, their starting quarterback, I don't believe Quinn Ewers played, um, and I don't believe Xavier Worthy played last year. Um, so they were really without their almost their entire offense and they only lost by a touchdown so it'll be really interesting in that game as far as my picks for national title barely but alabama versus texas which i think would be a great rematch that everybody would love to see this year so we could just uh, we could just trot Vince Young back out there. Oh, that was USC. But no, if uh, if they had that matchup, uh, if it's been anything like the previous two years matchup, uh, boy, that would be uh, – I'd si- sign me up for that right now. I, I just want to see a quality football game. After last year's TCU route, um, you got people over to the house. You got food cooked. You're all ready to go. And then uh, three bites into your first sandwich, the game's over. So I just want to see a good matchup. And I think that – then we got two good matchups, which is going to produce a third good matchup. Uh, at least that's what I hope. Well, Alex, I appreciate you coming on the show today, giving us your picks, giving us some insight into the FSU controversy, the undefeated team that has been left out, uh, hopefully next year with the 12-team playoff system. That won't happen, but who knows? I feel like the 13th team will be upset at that point. But always appreciate you coming on the show, and I hope everybody enjoyed our debate. And we'll see you next time on Lace Em Up Sports Talk.